0: Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing, uh, episode number 27. I'm Jeff, and uh, as always, thanks for joining me. Uh, if you have been listening for a while, welcome back. And uh, if you are new around here, uh, thanks for stopping by and checking us out. And, uh, you know, we're going to cover a lot of different things today. Uh, we are looking at uh, growth stocks. We're looking at crypto. We're looking at all the changes out there in the market, whether it be from infrastructure, uh changes and bills and elections things like that everything that's going on in the market that can affect our money uh you know we've had a lot of different uh changes here in the past month you know as we were uh finishing up september we were on that that uh rough market cycle right there where we kind of had anticipated a lot of sell off a lot of that pressure from a lot of the different things going on in the economy and the world, different Delta Delta variant concerns, uh, supply chain concerns. Uh, You know, we got past a lot of that. We got out of that rough patch that we had anticipated. You know, we had talked about those two, three weeks being very rough. Uh, And then I had talked about the Santa Claus rally and how things kind of tend to turn positive going up to the end of the year. And then typically speaking, I've noticed that, uh, you know, the last two weeks of the year, roughly, uh, you'll see a lot of sell off, whether people are trying to um, either sell things for tax purposes or just to uh, go to cash or you have some different hedge funds that want to close out their books and uh, close a profit for the year to make their numbers look better. There's all different reasons that people are selling at the end of the year. Uh, but I have noticed that there is generally that uh, that sell side pressure in the uh, in the markets that uh, can often affect our portfolios. Uh, so, you know, now I'm kind of seeing a lot of uh, over ordering from a lot of companies to make sure that they have these uh, materials or inventory to be able to get through the the holiday season, right? So they are having more on their books, more inventory, it's making quarter three, quarter four numbers look better. But then I'm wondering what happens when supply chain gets caught up. And now these companies have more inventory on hand, whether it be uh, holiday items or, you know, semiconductors or even lumber, you know, we've got to figure out if these numbers are artificially high, or if there's actually some you know, justification as to maybe people are changing their inventory types to have a little bit more on hand so that if this happens again, you know, they'll be ready versus some of the other companies that weren't, you know, think of, uh, you know, some of the Apple uh, supply chain problems with the the chips. Uh, so they didn't have as many cell phone or uh, iPhones that they could produce because, you know, they had You know, say 150 of the pieces, but they were missing the last four pieces to make a cell phone, and then they they can't ship it. So I think a lot of these companies are are making sure that they don't have one hiccup that cost them uh, cost them a quarter or cost them the business, right? So I I think there's a lot of that going on, Uh, and for that reason, you know, there there's been a lot of run up right now. Uh, You know, in the past month, the S and P has been up about eight percent. Uh, and you know just as a refresher generally speaking in a year you know 12 months the market is up 10 on average so to be up eight percent in a month uh, you know nothing really drastically changed fundamentally yes there was some news yes there was some different things going on but fundamentally the the market didn't change eight percent so we really need to look at these run-ups Uh, you know, in in Tesla, in Enphase, in even Apple um, and take a a deeper, closer look and see if they are really sustainable. Um, In a lot of cases, I don't think that they are. Uh, You know, for example, you know, Lucid Motors has run up from uh, like the mid-20s to right now they're about 33.60 uh, as I'm recording this. And, uh, you know, when I look at a three-month chart, we had that ginormous spike uh, you know, last week, based on the fact that they were, um, you know, bringing their cars to market, they were going to actually start delivering these. Uh, and I saw the run up, it was it was great as a uh, a long term holder of Lucid. Uh, you know, I was in this one since the, the SPAC days, as I've talked about before, uh, the special purpose acquisition company that you know, they they merged with Lucid. And now, you know, Lucid is now the the ticker um symbol so now you know what do we do is is did lucid really become that great overnight are they really you know that much bigger of a company no yes we had some positive news and you know their their cars are coming to market is is that uh, a great change to where they were a month ago not really we we basically already knew that this was coming um you know i'm looking at lucid they have a market cap of 54. 0.5 0.5 billion dollars okay now i'm going to quickly look over at ford uh ford motor is 71.7 billion dollars so you know 16 billion dollars worth of difference from a car company that as of a month ago hasn't delivered any vehicles versus ford who's been around for you know close to 100 years and they're worth you know it's, it's 16 billion dollars difference which is a lot of money don't get me wrong but just the the market cap of lucid you know doesn't really make sense either ford's trading too low or you know lucid might be trading a bit high yes there's a, a a lot of desire for these evs and yes lucid makes a great car um As far as what I've seen, you know, there there hasn't been so much news, but you know, the fact that they're uh, highest mileage, um, you know, some of the different things going for them, and you know, they're they're more riding on the coattails of Tesla, if you ask me. Even as a as an investor, it's kind of a trade, and I, I think they'll they'll eventually get to that valuation. I don't think they're there yet. I think it ran up a little hard. So now when I see it sell off on a day like today and they're down seven, eight percent, that, that doesn't really surprise me. Okay. Um, yeah. We're down 7.92%. Uh, and you also have to concern uh, consider that there's more competition coming into the market, you know, and the likes of Rivian uh, Motors who um, you know, Amazon has that 20 or 25% stake in Rivian. And this one, they're at you know estimating that when it goes public at the IPO, they're going to be worth 60 to 75 billion right off the jump, and they haven't done anything yet. Uh, so you know, to, to me, that's a little bit rich. You know, uh, I definitely like the EV space. Uh, I, you know, as I've said before, I've got Tesla as my largest position, Lucid's in there, Neo's in there. And, uh, you know, I've been in and out of a couple of the other names, but you definitely got to take a look at some of these giant run-ups in Tesla, in Lucid, in any of these gross stocks. And you really got to ask yourself, how much should this company really be trading for? And if I have this 40% run-up, what should I be doing with it? Uh, you know, for me, Lucid is a smaller position for me. Tesla is a larger position, uh... I haven't sold any of either. Um, I'm definitely considering selling some, uh, more so of Tesla because it's getting to be a very large position for me. As I've said before, you know I, I shoot to have about 4 to 5% in any one stock. That's about where I uh, kind of cap my limits as to how much I want to have in any one position. Uh, I know some of you are much different in your structure of how you invest, um, either as you're building a portfolio, or even if you intentionally try to go heavy in a uh, in a brokerage, or even your IRA, and you have uh, you know 401k money that does you know the bulk of your investing, and then these are just kind of play accounts, or if it's just a, a large position and you really just have a uh, a strong you know, favor for that name. So, but for me, it's, it's at four to 5%. Tesla is getting a little bit larger for me. Um, so from that standpoint, i may trim and, uh, you know, it'd probably be around, uh, that 1250 level. Uh, I think that's about where I'm kind of eyeing as to where I might trim. It is, uh, currently it's about 6.8% for me. So I'm not going to, not going to sell a boatload, just, uh, kind of bring it back into spec as to where I want everything else and maybe take that money and put it into some other picks. Um, You know, there, there's some of the positions that I have that are uh, much smaller. You know, I had started a position in CrowdStrike uh, and that one's only a quarter of a percent and that one has been falling. So I've been eyeing up that one looking at PayPal, uh, you know, looking at some of the growth names that we had talked about last time that were in that value spectrum uh that probably won't be there for long and uh, you know those are some of the names that i'm still eyeing up and i'm probably going to do some trimming or rotate back into some of these names that haven't run up yet uh you know because tesla has gone up you know what is it about 400 in uh let's just look at the the three month you know today we're at 1163 currently and just back in August, we were 709. So, you know, we've had quite the run up. 450 bucks in uh, 90 days, roughly. So, I mean, that's definitely uh, a big run. And could it keep going? Sure, it could. Uh, you know, I'd like it to. Uh, I don't know that it's, you know, so sustainable at that price point. It's certainly got a lot priced in. Uh, you know, we've talked about some of the the big news and some of the things that could really take them to the next level, um, but you know they they've already had this massive run. I I do feel like we're we're going to see a pullback. You can't have uh, all the days be green. We're definitely going to have some more uh, more red coming soon. I think do a little bit of uh, consolidation, find a base because right now we're we're just getting kind of uh, far out ahead of ourselves, and I, I think we're due for uh, a bit of a correction in this one or at least a consolidation back to some sort of level where we can know which direction we're going in right now we're just kind of floating out there in no man's land and there's you know we're we're doing a little bit of price discovery uh, but if it if it comes back down and, and finds a base i think that would probably be about the time where i might even buy some more shares but you know i, I would like to get a little bit of a smaller position, cash out some of it, rotate into others. And, uh, then again, build my position in Tesla at a lower price and, uh, you know, kind of move some money around a little bit here and there. Uh, but you know, I did mention, uh, crypto, uh, crypto has been running crazy also. Uh, both Bitcoin and Ethereum have been doing really well. Um, you know, you have some of the smaller altcoins that are, you know, a, a bit of, uh, mixed picture there cardano hasn't been doing too hot we're in more of a consolidation uh pause in that one where i think that that two dollar price range is where we're at now i really do think uh we will find uh some means to go up here i i think 250 is definitely possible soon and then we're gonna have to do a little bit of uh building from there so you know, do I still think that $3 price level is, uh, is possible? Yes. I think we'll get there. I think we sold off on uh, some of that smart contract news that came out a couple months ago. And now we're trying to wait for those, uh, smart contract platforms to be implemented to where this, uh, the Cardano network really fills out and more people are using it and uh, more projects are created on there. And, uh, you know, I also have been doing a bit of trading on uh, some of these smaller altcoins, and uh, I guess it's kind of pretty much akin to, to penny stocks at this point. It kind of seems to be more of the uh, the trader's mentality right now is um, more volatility in, in crypto than even penny stocks in a lot of cases. So I've been doing that. I know I had talked about the Shiba Inu coin, um, and that one I'm still... In, I told you guys I, I might sell it before I, I did some traveling just to have some play money. But uh, that one I put in about 60 bucks. This was a small little play gamble with just some some uh, USDC that I still had sitting in my crypto.com account. Uh, the link is in the description on that one. Get uh, I think it's $25 free on crypto.com. Um, but, you know, so I, I bought 60 bucks and it, it ran up uh, a 10x in about a month went to 600 and uh then it really you know i heard a lot more people talking about it that how much it's run up this that the other everyone's making money on it and uh i held we're, we're down to you know my little 60 dollar play is now like 500 bucks um which is still awesome return you know but i i don't really see it dropping too hard with all the hype around it right now. So I'm gonna hold it for a little bit while longer. There's still good volume in it. Uh, Lots of people trading it. And, uh, you know, there's other people also trading a bunch of the other coins. The Sandbox coin is a big one right now that's got a lot of hype. Uh, I did a little bit of trading on that, doubled my money in, you know, a few hours even. And, uh, you know, Decentraland, uh, Mana coin, I played that one also and I'm still in that one, kind of holding on, seeing where it's going. Uh, But these are coins that are based on uh, online gameplay and you can use these coins in games, but there's just really a lot of hype around it. Uh, And even with the Shiba Inu coin, there's a lot of uh, Ethereum being burnt because uh, the SHIB coin is built on the Ethereum network. So there's millions of dollars worth of Ethereum getting burnt Every time these transactions go down, uh, so there's a lot of different uh, ins and outs with the crypto space that are, are going on right now. Uh, I'm trying to play some of the smaller ones, more or less, as a uh, a trial to see one how I can trade it, and two, just to kind of do some a, a bit of a trading, just to I, I guess see where it goes and see how good of a trader I am, really. And uh, you know, so it's been it's been fun. And, uh, you know, you can certainly add to some of your other main crypto positions when uh, you get this volatility spike, because like I said before, these are very volatile, high risk, um, high reward. And so for that reason, me putting 60 bucks into Shiba or $100 into uh, Decentraland, Mana Coin, and just kind of feeling it out where the market's going and, and kind of watching it throughout the day. Um, has been kind of fun to do. So that's uh, a bit of what I'm watching. There's definitely uh, going to be a bit of rotation, I think, to more safety names. Think of your bank stocks, think of your healthcare. I think as some of these um, EV stocks or gross stocks run up, people are going to trade out of them. They're going to put that money in other places, kind of like what I'm doing with crypto. I'm selling these uh, altcoins and then' I'm, I'm reinvesting into back in my ethereum Bitcoin my main core positions. Uh, the other ones I'm just kind of trading around like I said so I, I see the same thing in the stock market though. Um, you know some of these like Tesla for for example that has run up 50% you know you can simply move some of that over into say Johnson and Johnson now you're getting you know your, a solid dividend great core company in a stock that I think is going to do well next year, Um, you know, based on a lot of the vaccine news and just Johnson & Johnson being a tried and true company at this point. Uh, So that's really what I'm watching. That's how I'm trying to play some of this market. Give me a little bit more protection uh, than staying in these high flyers. I I don't want to, uh, don't want to let these gains go by and then have uh, anything, you know, sell off and then i'm down 30 percent on some of these names where i could have locked in some of that growth uh and like i said these are on my some of my growth positions also tesla uh, i want to keep that a core position but it, like i said it's just getting a bit too large at this point um but on some of the smaller growth names uh think Enphase, think um you know etsy or twitter if any of those you have names like that that aren't core names for you Uh, If they run up that 40, 50% in a short amount of time, maybe it is a little, you know, take take some off the table uh, and either go to cash or find another investment that uh, you can do the same with again and find something else that's trading lower than it should be. Think of the names that we talked about last time. I saw Zillow Group is down again today. And, uh, you know, that could be a good spot to possibly put some money or even like PayPal. I like PayPal a lot right now. Visa's been been beat up, and uh, if you can rotate from some of those high flyers into ones that have been beaten down, uh, you're getting more shares for your money, and you're selling at a high. So it's a it's a win win. And then hopefully these other names, you're you're buying them at a spot where you're starting to see that positive price movement higher. Uh, and like we said last time, that's that's really that kicker is. You want to make sure you're buying them when they start showing some positivity. You don't want to be buying that falling knife, and then uh, you know you're you're left with just uh, you know blood on your hands, if you will. So that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm doing. Find a way to protect your portfolio, and uh, you know definitely make sure that you're you're not being a pig with uh, some of the greed that you have in some of these high flyer names, and uh, really try to protect yourself and uh whatever the rest of the year holds for us but uh i'll be right back after this uh this brief message all right guys welcome back um you know in the earlier segment we were talking about uh selling out of growth and getting into some more protective names that are going to help you um, have a little bit of a safer portfolio through any market downturns uh, I had mentioned you know buying Johnson, Johnson and Johnson I really just wanted to take a deeper dive into a name and take a look at what I'm seeing and why I am saying uh, you know that this might be a spot where I'm gonna put some money um, you know I mean on a on a long-term outlook, Johnson and Johnson is a a longtime dividend payer, dividend grower. Um, you know but let's let's take a look at you know, individually what they have what they do and you know understand why I'm looking at this name um you know from a brand standpoint they do a lot of different things most people think oh yeah you know they got baby lotion and uh you know band-aids and things like that uh but they're a lot more than that they they do uh you know Benadryl they do Motrin Tylenol Allergy in the way of uh, Zyrtec they have uh it's like a natural uh cough medicine that i've we've used for kids before Uh, but they also have skin health lines in the way of Aveeno or neutrogena and uh, a bunch of different other names in that category also uh then you know they have like i said band-aid brands carefree listerine uh, johnson's uh, baby shampoo uh you know they have a lot of different different products uh, so, you know, I, I really think that they are well spread out and, uh, you know, and, and they also do the vaccine. You know, we didn't mention that. Um, so, you know, they got the whole uh, immunology line, uh, cardiovascular uh, cardiovascular and metabolic disease uh, treatments. They, they've got a, a bunch of different uh, medical devices as well. Um, they've got different contact lenses to uh, help uh, improve how you see. They, they've got orthopedics, surgical, uh, a bunch of different things, really. I, I'm not here to talk about every brand, every, every product, but I, I just want you to see that they're probably bigger than you think, um, same way as like Pepsi or, or any of the Procter & Gamble. They, they have more brands than you probably even know. Um, they have a big, big net around the uh, medical and health and well-being. Uh, So when I'm looking at this name, uh, what am I looking at? Why do I want to buy it? And why do I think it's a good long-term play? Um, You know, like I said before, they are a long-term dividend payer. Uh, You know, currently they have um, increased their dividend 5.6% on a yearly basis. So that means uh, every share that you have will be paying you 5% more than what it did last year. And from a investment standpoint, that's a great way to have some extra money roll in. Um, You know, right now they pay about $4.24 per year in the way of dividends per share. So, you know, you have, uh, you know, say you had 100 shares, you're getting $424. Uh, You know, it might not be the most, but, uh, you know, that's enough right now to buy three additional shares. So, you know, next time you get paid, you're getting paid on three more shares, Plus you're getting that uh, dividend increase that we had talked about. So, you know, you therefore are getting, you know, another uh, 1275 and uh, that 5% growth. So, you know, you'd be closer to 450 next year. Um, You know, just some rough, rough math. So that 450 is going to buy you a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. So you're going to snowball and you're going to get more returns off of that original investment. Uh, you know, you might not have enough to buy a hundred shares. That might be way too much for your position. Uh, but, you know, you can always play with those numbers and see where it's going to work for you. Um, you know, but then when I am diving into the fundamentals, what am I looking at? Uh, I am looking on Reuters right now and they have a uh, trailing uh, price to earnings of 24 times which is a bit high for Johnson & Johnson. I don't have the actual average on this. I can pull that up on Yahoo. That's the easiest way to normally find the average PE. Uh, but looking forward, the PE is only 16 times earnings. That means more money's coming in. Um, you know, the growth is lo- looking up or, um, you know, the, the earnings are looking up. So I see that I'm, I'm buying, as to where it's going, not where it's coming from. Uh, you know, not to say that I don't look at where it's coming from, but I, I look at the growth, right? So it's a, a forward PE of 16 times, dividend of 2.6%. Um, you know, I, like I said, the annual dividend was 4.2 or four dollars twenty four cents, and this one has been, uh, I'll say, range bound a little bit for a while. It has done well for me. I do have a position in this. Um, but then when I'm looking, uh, I'm looking also at uh, uh, price targets from, uh, how many analysts is this on? Um, I don't see that number on here. Oh, 17. So 17 analysts say that there's 16% upside. I compared that with uh, E-Trade numbers, which said uh, 17. percent i believe it's seven no 17.8 percent of upside so average price target of 196 we're currently at 166 so again you're getting the 2.6 percent dividend you're getting a five percent dividend raise you're getting um 17 we'll call it average percent of upside um a long-term stock with a lot of good names, a bunch of safety built in this one. They have a moat around their company where, you know, there's, there's all different ways in their uh, markets to make more, um, you know, whether it be price increases or, or, uh, mergers acquisitions, if they buy another brand, uh, like, you know, they bought that Zarbee's brand we were talking about. Um, there's a lot of different ways for them to make more money. They've got, uh, COVID vaccines, immunology, more people returning to surgeries uh, and just a brand that people know and trust for the most part, minus the uh, talcum powder problems that they had. And I believe there was some type of issue, uh, a lawsuit with Costco over some sunscreen Uh, that's been settled. The talcum powder has been paid out. There's there's funds and that's all kind of accounted for. Uh, so we're past a lot of that bad news and there's, I think more, more room for growth here, uh, from some of these different brands. Um, so when I'm looking at it, like I said, that, that PE is lower. It's more where I wanted it to be around that 15 times earnings. Um, they have had, uh, quite a bit of positive quarters and most of them are about a 10% upside to the numbers that they estimated. And uh, you know they, they also have a, uh, a bit of a discount right now towards their PEG ratio, the forward PEG ratio. The price earnings growth uh, is at a two and average, a five-year average is 2.7. So it's 26% cheaper than where it normally trades. Um, and then we're looking at a trailing PE of 24.4. Uh, and that five-year average is 38.6. So you're at a 37% discount to their five-year trading average. Um, the forward PE is 16.2, what I like I said. And now the, the five-year average on that is a 16.8. Uh, so that is only a 4% discount. Uh, but you know, with these big names, they generally are priced near perfection. Uh, I do think it's a bit low for this name. They have uh, sold off a bit with some of the, the news out there and you know some of the rollout of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine wasn't as well taken as some of the other ones. Uh, I do think there is room for improvement on that front. I do think they will get that together. Uh, but I, I just really wanted to go over like the, the different numbers that I'm looking at, uh, the way that I'm looking it up, uh, like I said, this one was on Reuters, Thompson Reuters on my E-Trade page is free. Um, you know, like I said before, the link to my E-Trade um, referral is in the description. You can sign up for E-Trade through there. Uh, you know, if you if you are signing up for E-Trade, please use my link. Uh, it does help me out. It helps you out also. You can get uh, some money back for uh, different tiers of investments, how much you're putting in. Uh, but otherwise you know there are fidelity schwab like i've said before you can invest with these and they often have more research options than some of the smaller brokerages uh as much as i've heard i really haven't used too much of the the smaller ones like i have used the weeble app but I, I haven't really dug too deep into that one uh robin hood i'm not too sure how their uh, research side of things is but uh, with E-Trade you you do get uh, some of those different articles and all for free Um, just having your portfolio there Uh, and I also use the Yahoo uh, finance page that one's free also they do have upgraded memberships for different insights things like that but for me this one works I can go on here I can see um, you know what Reuter says, market edge, uh, smart consensus. So you get a a bit of a a mixture as to pros and cons from some of these, they will spell out some of the positives and the negatives. Um, you'll see the different analysts, things like that. You'll be able to see the the discounts to where they're trading or if it's overvalued. Um, you can also do different things with the charts. If you're a chart person, you can do the, uh, you know, RSI oversold, uh, simple moving averages to know if you're above or below where it's been trading at over 50 or hundred days. Uh, so basically there, there's a lot of ways to, to look at these stocks. But for me, uh, I'm looking at uh, PE, price earnings growth, uh, the dividend, the forward PE, um, your, what was the other one, the uh, payout ratio, is a, a big one also. So when I'm looking at Johnson and Johnson, that's one, one number I did not cover yet was the, uh, the payout ratio. I tend to look for companies that are, uh, paying out less than 60% in dividends. Uh, this one is a bit high at 62%. Um, but you know, on that, in that front, I'll let it slide on Johnson and Johnson because of their, their management and the fact that they tend to, um, Keep paying out this uh, rising dividend, and they they're very uh, meticulous with their numbers, and the fact that uh, they've been able to pay that dividend for so long. Generally speaking, eighty percent start uh, calls for concern to me, unless you're in a uh, a REIT, a real estate investment trust uh, name. Those ones are going to be higher. They have to be higher for the classification of being a REIT. Um, but you know, eighty percent is generally too much on uh, some of these other names. Uh, 60% is a little bit more conservative. Some people are uh, a bit lower than that where they're looking for 40 or 50% or less of so that money goes uh, out in the way of dividends and they want to see that company spend that money on growth or uh, you know, di- or share buybacks, things like that to where the, the company is able to grow that share price. Uh, Johnson and Johnson has that long track record so I'm not as concerned about that payout ratio being a couple percent high Uh, so yeah I mean that that's one that I'm looking at it's definitely a safe stock Uh, it's been growing for years and uh, you know that it's a good good five-year chart on it also Uh, it's small steps up and uh, you know right now we're uh at 166 and we were at a high of 179 at uh you know towards the end of august so we're a bit of a pullback here it is one that i think will give you a lot more protection going forward and uh it's another another way to stay invested for that long term with some of these growth names that you may have made a killing in this one isn't that uh it is not going to make you a millionaire overnight uh, but it is a company that, you know, I, I feel that you can invest in blindly over time. And even if you were to put money in this one every week, I don't think that you're ever going to go wrong in it. Uh, but you know, that being said, always keep an eye on your investments. Uh, keep looking at your companies, make sure that no crazy news has come out, you know, like the, uh, some of the, uh, settlements and lawsuits that happen in, in all large businesses, but, uh, keep an eye on it. And, uh, you know, yeah, this could be a good one to add to a position or start a position or even add to uh, in order to get some of that safety and security into your portfolio for, uh, you know, 2022 and beyond. But that's what I got for you guys today. Thank you for stopping by. Make sure uh, to check the, the links in the description for some uh, discounts on trading. And uh, you can even get some free shares from uh, Weeble and, uh, some of the other links on there, but, uh, also please make sure to like subscribe and share, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for tuning in and see you later. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on eTrade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.